2: by pushing the boundaries of what cheese can and should be. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kara Warren, and I'm here with my other awesome co-host, Joe Salonia and Jessica Kesselman. On today's episode, we're gonna start exploring the year that was, from cheese trends to memorable cheese moments, and of course, we're gonna think about what's next for cheese. Guys,
3: let's get into this. Are you excited for the show? Are you, are you welcoming me to Cutting the Curd? No, I'm not welcoming you because you're already here and you're welcome. already such a big yeah. part of this. And I,
1: I was like, how do I phrase this? I can't even go like automatic. I was like, I have to rewrite. Okay.
3: like Kara, Joe, welcome yeah. to Cutting the Curd. I know. I know. I, I said Instead, I
1: said, Jessica and Joe, how excited are you for this episode?
4: Yeah, I'm happy to be here with, with you both. So Long
3: excited. So yeah. excited. I mean, Spurs. we're all always moving and on the road and you know so when we get to meet up and be in the same room it's pretty pretty cool also this is the
1: first time all three of us are in a room recording an episode
4: mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is
1: live i mean joe you know yep. you've been the king of live episodes lately so uh, i'm stoked live that... a little
4: closer maybe i don't know yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. well i'm amazed you make the trek in for it which i i love uh, so we're gonna we're gonna jump straight into some stuff. I want to hear what your thoughts are. We're gonna go through a, a few different things and and hear everyone's thoughts on each topic. And the first thing is, I want to hear um, about what you guys thought were cheese trends of the year. Um, so I'll start with Joe because I liked what you had written and I thought mm-hmm. you would be a cool person to start with.
4: Thank you for the question, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well. You know, I'm I'm noticing you couldn't help but notice a little t- more tete de moine t- going on, mm-hmm. right? With the with the uh, Rosa mat. I saw a lot of posts, very yes. postworthy uh, You know, uh, a cheese to see, very visual, um, and um, I I thought I saw some more uh, fondue. Saw a little more fondue being posted uh, out there, maybe more talking about fondue. But I uh, I'm I've been I don't know if it's a, a chicken or egg thing, but I have been pushing for bigger wheel cuttings and, uh, you know, through my Gormino job. Um, and, uh, so that this year I was, I was pleased with the amount of public, uh, big wheel cuttings we were able to pull off. Right. Cause uh, you
1: do the giant Emmentaler wheels, right? Is that what you bring in? You, yeah. and, and just for the listeners, how many pounds is that again?
4: So Emmentaler AOP, um, are, are brought in uh, by boat and, uh, and they'll the average weight average, average. Oh, average, I like weight, average is, weight Yeah, okay. it's around 200 pounds. Jesus, that's and so much you know, cheese. It takes a lot to move them and get them. And but we're
1: not saying anyone should have that on their cheese board. We're just saying that bigger wheels are better to butt. Yeah.
4: As, I mean, you want a piece of it on your cheese board. There's no better, you know, I think that's the most totally you know, appropriate cheese. But I, I, but but, I but, agree but with big you. Wheel wise, it's it's tra- totally impractical for most places to even think about it. I but mean, that's the whole idea is it's a spectacle and it creates a very cheesy environment when you have the most cheesiest of raw milk cheeses and it's massive wheel. People can't believe it's real. And then you're going to cut it and people get excited.
1: And I, and I like that you're, you're talking about it as like an interactive cheese thing. That's kind of what I was going to say was my trend, which is, and it goes to the point about the, the rosettes uh, for Tete Des Moines and like cheese curls, as Bosca pointed out in an episode earlier this year. Um, so I'm into, I'm calling for cheese trends. Interactive cheese things is what I want. And I think you're the ladies on the episode earlier, was it Amelia and Kat maybe yeah. that mentioned interactive cheese? And I was like, I, yeah. I freaking love it's that. It's a good idea. word. I think that's where I'm at on my cheese trend idea. Jessica, I'm going to throw it to you for what your vibe is on cheese trends.
3: Well, I'm going in a slightly different direction. And uh, I I saw a lot of new flavored cheese this year. Mm. I think flavored cheese, uh, several of my guests mentioned flavored cheese and also talked about it being uniquely American. We are obsessed with flavors because I think we're always thinking there has to be something new it's not just cheese it's ice cream it's, right sure i mean it's like everything um but the flavored cheese phenomenon i think this year got a lot more global and it was reflective in some places by who the cheesemaker is and where their story originated and then putting that into the cheese and Uh, I'm thinking about uh, the cheesemaker Huma from White Jasmine talking about bringing some of the um, South Asian spice. She talked about uh, she had a tandoori cheddar that was pretty phenomenal. Um, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I think I missed that then. Jesus, tandoori
1: cheddar. That sounds really cool.
3: She has a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, um, she talks about her story. She talks about a lot of the um, flavors and memory And putting those into her cheese. And then also, you know, just talking with Marika about um, Gouda. She, She talked about, too, about the whole flavor thing. She has
1: so many great flavors. I finally yeah. had the, the fenugreek.
4: Fenugreek. I love yeah. that. That's a, Whoa, that's a fun dude, spice. I
1: had never had that. One, I don't yeah. know the spice very well. I'm like an alien sometimes. And uh, it was y It is It was Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It was so good. Thank you guys for saying codes. what it was because I was like, I know I had it. It was different. She mm-hmm. also does a smoked uh, cumin, cumin, yeah. and that was sensational
3: as well. And a truffle. So, I mean, truffle, I know everyone's tired of truffle sometimes,
1: but it has a place and a time. It's winter. You know,
3: yeah, so yeah but that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Those flavors, I think, have been around for a while. Sure, and, definitely. And uh, but that's the thing about flavored cheese is that there's always room to explore and discover. Even if you've worked in the industry and you think you've tasted all the cheeses that there are out there, there are flavors that are um, maybe you just never got around to or weren't available at the counter near you. And but the innovation around flavored cheese is just really wild i'm really curious to see like where does it go one
1: of my favorites last
3: one more shout out on flavored cheese for me
1: at least uh the beehive hatch chili oh yeah that was Mm. good i got to try that for the first time this year as well and um i also had the honor of interviewing those guys so all around it was a good year for me with beehive i don't don't know but that's that's, yeah so actually okay now moving on to our next subject i wanted to bring up memorable cheese moments since I was just talking about one of my favorite moments. Um, it's something that was, uh, connected to a prominent cheese festival or an event maybe that you guys went to. Um, maybe I'll throw it back to you, Jess, if you're ready. Um, what was a memorable cheese moment for you?
2: Well,
3: I have to say being in Wisconsin for the art of cheese festival, having the opportunity to go to uplands, which I think for a lot of people in this industry is like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> it's like a pilgrimage to go to the, the home of Pleasant Ridge Reserve and Rush Creek and to be there the day they were wrapping the first wheels of Rush Creek. I cried. Wow, that's like I had tears in my eyes. I I got very emotional. It was, it was really beautiful to be in that place and that time. And that whole, that whole festival, mm-hmm. it was the first year they were running it and you know, they were one of our sponsors. So it was an opportunity for us to go out there um, with Heritage Radio Network and do the show from there. But the combination of the people, the place, the product, on paper reading about the festival, it it didn't make the same impact as when I was actually there and seeing how it was integrated with trips out into the field and then having, you know, people from all over the country coming and running seminars and there were tastings. And uh, it just the association of of terroir, it was terroir everywhere you went in that festival, and it really made an impact on me. Um, and I, I would love to just put a teaser out there for the listeners because I believe
1: from that Art of Cheese Festival in Wisconsin, by the way, one of our one of our sponsors, thank you guys. Um, there's an episode coming up next season and it's going to be just you want to just give a quick talk about what that is like a little teaser for next season what's coming out
3: yeah it was uh it's well we we had two episodes already from the festival because we just talked to so many wonderful people and wanted to share so much of the content and so we had multiple people interviewed in each one of those episodes but the the third installment from from that festival is actually recorded on site at uplands we're bringing listeners along with us as if they were there at the festival as part of the group that chose to do the excursion to upland. So it's time, uh, you know, with the cows and, you know, with Andy, um, talking about the operation and about the cheese and seasonality and the land and the, you know, everything it's, I'm really wait. excited for I, it. I think it's going to yeah. be so
1: great. Andy Hatch is one of the most eloquent men of cheese. So I am, Looking forward to that first episode of the season. Yeah. Hearing that. So that's going to be awesome. I will say.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're a senior in high school and you have to come up <laughs> with your senior quote, like for the yearbook and you want to find like the, the, the soundbite or the song lyric that kind of encapsulates like your meaning of your life and your experience. Hearing Andy talk about cheese is just filled with those kinds of moments. You're going to want a pen and paper when you listen to this amazing. Okay.
1: Uh, I can't wait. Like uh, now
3: I hope that the audio came out okay cuz I I personally haven't really listened to it Oh my yet god. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> we'll talk to the engineers
1: <laughs> later. Okay, Joe. We got to get to you now on memorable moments of cheese this year. What was yours?
4: Uh to stick out for me, it would be um just just seeing uh the young uh cheese shop co-owner uh you know, a uh, Sarah Simley. I think oh, I'm saying right. yeah. She went yes. see just her and her husband Matt. I mean, just such impressive Success story to to know what these two are up to. Uh, I really enjoyed just getting to know their story more. Seeing the, seeing uh, Sarah win uh, that was a highlight, and also the Bra Cheese Italy. You know, anytime you go to a place like that with the concentration of the people there, the the small production, all the raw milk cheese, um, you know, festival environment, street cheese purchasing, it's just kind of chaos but good chaos. Um, yeah, it's a good chaos. You know, <laughs> there's you're surrounded by espresso yeah. shops and a limited amount of bathrooms, but but the uh, you know, it's it's just such an experience to be there and uh, if you have to work it, then it's it's like good hard work, but right. long long days. I didn't get to go exploring that much, but for little I did it was, it's just fantastic to be there. You're, I believe that
1: it must be good on both ways. If you work it or if you're there to tour it with industry people, or you're just a cheese enthusiast, enthusiast, there is no way of losing with the bra slow food cheese pest. I think it's amazing. Um, I'm also going to piggyback on that. Cause that was also what, for me, it was my first time going to it. And I thought it was hands down a very cool experience. Um, I ate Buffalo mozzarella on a stick. I thought I went to heaven like you just have to like it's like eating a corn on the cob but with cheese it is the strangest most fun thing to do and then just seeing so many regional Italian cheeses Mm -hmm. for you to try is like I don't even know where to start I'm like there's multiple tenths of this what do I do Um, it was super cool it was definitely a highlight for me this year I liked big up
3: I liked hearing Amelia in your last episode Joe talking about working it at the Cravero booth and that was that was really interesting to to hear that experience and to do it in another language and to be breaking down wheels of parm all day. Uh, and
1: with no um, wire, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was amazing. So, just parm knives. She yeah. was she was brawlic. I was like, you're gonna be like a bodybuilder. I yeah, just this. breaking <laughs> wheels
4: out. And they weren't gonna run out of wheels. say our booth, we we brought a certain amount of cheese and you, you you don't know how much. So we we ran out before the show was over. But but in that booth, you're not gonna run out because he's just up the street. They'll just keep bringing more. So you're you're definitely working for the duration at the Cravero booth.
1: I wonder what her arms felt like afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> that's a side note. We're getting distracted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next fun, cool thing we wanna talk about is uh, cheesemaker spotlights, which is basically uh, you know, what the interviews, what cheesemaker uh, had a significant impact with the industry and and we thought, you know, really stood out in the interviews that we did this year. Uh, for me, it was a real. I had a really tough time making a choice. I also talked about Sarah from Syracuse, Sarah Smiley. You know, I just thought, like, what an incredible new person on the cheese scene. The fact that she was studying to be a doctor and then switched to cheese because of her cheese club. And just that was one of your interviews. I thought it was excellent. It was really, really cool to, to kind of hear that story. Um, and then my personal one was uh, talking to Allison Lakin of and gorge cheese in maine she's a, a smaller producer that does seaweed in her cheese the rockweed cheese and i'm i'm always just amazed at the toughness and the amount of work she's doing to make all that cheese happen um so for me that was my memorable cheesemaker <clears throat> moments um you know
4: i love the idea of yeah. seaweed in the cheese was there an irish cheese at some point in time could have been that was being made that way and it, it was through the middle almost trying to had a at a quick glance, it might look like a Morbier.
1: Oh, but, but you know what? There's but, such but a. It might not have been. There's no import. Morbier in the U.S. So if there's a yeah. cheesemaker in Ireland that wants to be imported, maybe that's. Yeah. I mean that's that, the end now.
4: It kind of, if you're near the coast and you're getting sea breeze, and, I mean it makes perfect sense to have seaweed in your cheese. I think Why that's not? another trend. Did I just, did I just write a poem? There we go. There just, we go. Did that because, just rhyme? Yeah, maybe. Just rhyme? Maybe we'll play it back later yeah, and I'll be like, right yes, right. Joe, that rhymes. Well, yeah.
3: because, because, um, Perry said dairy, they, they do a cheese where they're using sea salt. Like there's the, the, what the atlant Atlantis is that? Could be. I feel there's a couple of cheeses out there that are using the seaweed, bit, seaweed or sea, sea salt or, you know, trying, trying I, to, I, sea salt's f- a trend too on cheese. Uh, at least it is for
1: butter. I can see that too. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's right. We're calling another trend guys for 2024. Seaweed. Flavors, yeah, more stuff like that. that because trend is like yeah. what you're
4: talking about. It's it's what cheesemakers decide that they want to create. It's it's in their hearts. It's that they have their artist palette. They're they're expressing themselves based on a variety of elements. Right. That's a trend. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's the trend of uh, maybe what what does the cheese store decide to put their work into. That could create a trend. Sure. And, and then, then there's the customer's the buying it. Yeah. Just yeah. like
1: who's at the And then
4: the end is the customer. The they can end users. They want they want chili <laughs> and their cheese or, or an ingredient. <laughs> and that's gonna sometimes dictate the trend. Mm-hmm. It's just this whole amalgam of things happening at once.
1: Exactly. But we should get back to what were we talking about guys?
4: A cheesemaker spotlight.
1: That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Well I'll throw it to Jess now, then we'll circle to you Joe.
3: Well Uh, this year I had a chance to do two episodes talking about cheeses that are part of someone's heritage and history. And so I, for me, the, those two episodes really stood out because it introduced me and I hope a lot of other people to the story of, um, in one case, it was the story of paneer. It was the, the, um, interview I did with Tarush, uh, about, um, his company, Satch Foods, that he and his wife, Jocelyn, have. Uh, and now they have, you know, that's available, like, all over the country now. It's its incredible. And then, um, more recently, the episode I did about Labneh uh, with um, the with Emiliano Tatar and his wife from Marion Park Cheese and then Paul and from Erevan uh, uh, Yogurt. And the fact that these two people had... Oh my gosh, they have like a love story going on. They, they just really connected in so many ways. And just given everything that's going on in the world right now... 100%. Just if you go back and listen to their uh, to their story and how they met and how they come from two different... Their families come from two different parts of the world, but they share this cheese in common. And I always tell people that cheese can save the world. And, you know, just hearing them talk about about Labneh and, yep. and there are two companies coming together to make this cheese... I, I loved, I just loved talking to them. That was,
1: that was a very cool episode because it actually brought up uh, Jewish heritage a little yep. bit, which was so cool. Um, and I think that's what you were alluding to before. And um, yeah, just their story was amazing. So shout out to the listeners to go back into our archives and, or this year and look through the catalog and just try that episode. Cause it was, it was very, very good. Uh, Joe, what was your moment?
4: Well, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm not that in the channel that deeply into the channel of a lot of America, I don't mix it up that much with the American producers. So I, it's just kind of what is that, uh, what, what I notice. That's as, okay. You know. that, yeah.
1: Naturally. And, um,
4: so I can't help but ha- have noticed what's going on at Perrystead in the, in, in the Philadelphia. I mean, they got a mm-hmm. container, yeah. he's, ma- he's making, making cheese inside of a, a trailer. Uh, the, the, the creative, uh, uh, names I love, uh, I love, I love the marketing and the names and the recipe ideas and, and just, uh, uh, just the, just the kind of like the take no prisoners kind of approach to mm-hmm. just the determination of, of that behind the cheese making effort is just impressive to me i have yet to visit and the same kind of thing could be said about uh veronica pedraza at uh mm-hmm. at blakesville just what just like like since only been openings open since uh 2020 mm. right just okay. yeah just what 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 uh, what she's done is just and then the cheeses are just knock your socks off and then um this new one that i've Dream about trying one day the Picuri Ivinia cheese. It's a fresh sheep cheese wrapped in Corsican muscat grape soaked leaves. Ooh, just ha, ha, what? Ha, ha, ha? Yeah, just it's actually. <laughs> like so pretty-
1: let's try it. Let's try it. It's so, but yeah. but if it's it's Pyrenees.
4: What, what was the name? It's it's thought? called uh Picuri Picuri Ivinia. Okay. Uh, okay. It's like probably one of the more hard to get cheeses in her range. Okay. Uh, but it's described as a fresh sheep cheese wrapped in Corsican muscat grape soaked leaves. Oh, cool. So you go on the website, you can see it. Um, I mean, just those kind of cheeses to me, just. Make yeah. me want to just dream, um, so uh, that sounded uh, amazing, and so it just ha- you know it has me l- thinking more about their work, and then and then I just uh, recently read on on the uh, In will be uh, uh, website, you know if you you know Insects will be uh, cheese smuggler website, which is rich with information by the way. i sure. for those listeners who may not already know that, like go on the blog and just read, you'll learn it's so much about cheese. Um, one of the points recently in October was made about how Hidden Springs. Um, this is Brenda Jensen's mm-hmm. uh, creamery out mm-hmm. in Westby, Wisconsin is now uh, being re- revamped uh, or, you know, it's being brought back up by a new owner, Amy, uh, I don't know how to pronounce uh, Amy's name, Forgs, Amy Forgs. So that's just uh ex- oh, we'll have to of an keep exciting a eye, to yeah. just understand that. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, well. So those kinds of things seem to be impactful, uh, I would think, uh, you know, because yeah, of, yeah. of the rare channels that they're in.
3: I love, I love any opportunity to Create more American sheep's milk cheeses, because that's not an easy animal. I mean, in terms of volume of milk and cheese, and we don't have a lot, I mean, compared to the goat and the cows. Mm -hmm. So I just get so excited because I have not met a sheep's milk cheese I don't like
1: yeah i i mean listen it yeah. sounds like an episode for next season guys oh yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I think that's a teaser that's what that's yeah. my only point i was gonna raise about this i was like that yeah. sounds really awesome good job on finding that because i i don't know anything about it and it sounds interesting so yeah
4: super I, cool totally let's see what happens with that
1: yeah for sure um i think it's time we take a quick break for our sponsors hey everyone you're listening to cutting the curd and we'll be right
2: back now. this episode is brought to you by wisconsin cheese Wisconsin, the state of cheese, makes half of the nation's specialty cheese and wins more awards than any other state or country. Our Heritage and Traditions, Master Cheesemaker Program, and the American Propensity for Innovation all put Wisconsin on the cutting wedge of cheesemaking. With over 600 varieties of cheese to choose from and 5,500 national and international awards and counting, Get ready to turn your refrigerator into a trophy case. Enjoying a Wisconsin cheese is basically like winning a gold medal in culinary achievement. Set your mind at cheese. When you bite into a wedge of Wisconsin wonderful, you know it is made with the ultimate skill and passion possible. Find your next favorite cheese at WisconsinCheese.com.
1: Hey, everyone. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. I'm here with Jess and Joe, also Cutting the Curd hosts. They are amazing, and we are celebrating the year of 2023. We are going over everything that is memorable, um, and one of our next fun digs is going to be the cheese pairing bit, which, uh, you know, there's always one. I try to aim for one pairing per episode with the guest, and um, so it was hard to choose, but... um, I mean, one, one that came, there's three that I have in mind, but one was Amelia or Kat saying something about hot dogs and Rush Creek. But maybe I just imagined that. Uh, And then another one was just Tom of Shelburne, Tom Perry of Shelburne, just shouting grilled cheese. When I asked him, what's your favorite thing? He's like, I just want a cheddar grilled cheese. I was like, okay, Tom. Great. I love it. it. Simple, but fantastic. Yeah. And then, um, on the more elegant side, Allison Lakin, uh, gave a shout out for her blue cheese and she did a tart with, uh, toasted walnuts and caramelized onions. Mm. And it sounded like the perfect winter recipe. And I spoke to her at the beginning last year. So she's at the, you know, right before like 2023, 2022 line. So, um, she made it in for this. Um, you know, Jess, what did you feel was a great pairing that you saw? Did you have one that you wanted to give a shout out to this year?
3: You know, I just suck at remembering things <clears throat> then like you don't that. have. Then you don't have to do it because we can just keep chugging along here. But You are really, you got us going. I love this. It's like, yeah, because I need to think about it a little bit more. But Fair I do enough. know that I, I did Fair talk enough. with two authors of books that were filled with pairings. Marissa Mullen, right? Marissa Mullen with yep. her new book and then also Tanaya. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Madame Madame fromage, jinx. How could I forget Madame fromage? I love her, yes. So, what I'm actually exploring on my own is more spirit pairings. And also, you know, I always just come back to a good Effie's oat cake and cheddar. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just, like, that's to me, it's like, that's it. That's all I need for a pairing. I generally just eat cheese by itself. I'm not a big pairing person with the food, but I am with the beverage, so... Great. You know, I'm still, I think I wanted, I had said during the interview with Marissa that I wanted to try her mom's cocktail, and, and that's on top for this weekend, actually. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like
1: it. Okay, Joe, yeah. thrown it over to you. What's your vibe?
4: It is like concepts, right? Like, like, uh, I, I'm not a pairing king either over here. Like, uh, I, but I you're tend... a chef. So, yeah, I mean, so
1: you just cook really great food <laughs> with cheese. I, I'm
4: more inclined. Yeah, I'm yeah. more inclined to make like uh, an accompaniment or if I want to cook a pear down and, and, make a, my own little pear compo. I'm more inclined to d- mess with that maybe, but I, I tend to go more with just a uh, good bread, a uh, fresh fruit and a fruit compo and, and, and I'll buy a, a simple cracker. But what I couldn't help but notice is, uh, the, the mess, you know, things that open doors to, to kind of like have you think, you mm-hmm. know, kind of pairing. So the, the mezcal and cheese popularized by Julia Gross. Oh yeah. In the recent, She's done a
1: great job with that stuff. You know, just that
4: whole, mm-hmm. Hey, why not why isn't this being talked about? Why not? And, and, and even, I think chocolate is, is, uh, uh um, featured in the last, uh, uh, um, uh, spot on that in, in, like culture magazine. Yeah. But, but, um, I always find, I always find the lowbrow pairings like the potato chips or the bag, salty snacks and the gummy bears and the Gouda. Like I find that fun, but, um, I find it more fun than anything else. Honestly, yeah. like, like, can I eat that? Like, but like, um, um, but cause there's so many beautiful handmade products that are, you know, that are, that are made for cheese that, that deserve a little bit of attention, but you know, it's like almost like we're in a, We're in a, we're in an era where almost anything goes now.
1: You have to follow your you cheesy know? heart. Yeah. And that's that, important. And that, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah.
4: Express yourself.
1: <laughs> exactly. this, this is a way to express yourself. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't think we should ever be too rigid about these things. Cause then we'll get yeah. stuck. And I, that would be terrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm also a fan of the potato chip and cheese thing. By yeah, the way, potato chip and, and cheese. A, you know. a little caviar.
4: Yeah, yeah. If you can get a little <laughs> caviar. If, you, if, you, yeah. if 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 there's ever a splurge for the caviar that's on sale. Yes. Once a year, I'm eating it with a potato chip. Or know chip. a good
1: friend. Shout yeah. out to Carrie and Dave. Hey um, you
4: know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having it with a potato chip, though. That's yeah. how I'm eating it. I no? mean, the creme fraiche and the potato chip, but yeah, the potato chip.
1: Exactly. Just a little potato. Um, okay, now I there's another segment to this that I, I thought we'd give a shot at, but I don't know if we actually got anything. Listener contributions? We were trying to interact with you guys out there, and we were hoping that we could get a quote. No, yes, there is. Oh, my God.
3: Do you have – I don't have my –
1: Yeah,
4: there's, ah. there's, a couple, there's a couple that wrote in and, oh. and left messages – because um, we're, we're... going
1: to try to p- be more having a more participatory situation as as we move along so in this world. We have yes.
4: um, um, uh, a, a cheese mugger who's made some really fun posts, by the way. Um, Carrie. Oh, okay. Uh, Justice of the Cheese, um, who's out in Wisconsin, I believe. Oreos and Roquefort was mentioned. Ooh. And uh, this is also uh, mentioned with the, with the cheese mugger Molly Hester from the Chicago area.
1: Yeah. I know um, Molly. She's cool.
4: Yeah. And um, you know, a fried. You know, just pairing the in this realm, you know, in some Oreos and and Roquefort. I've not, I've not tried that myself. I've, I've had, think I've had chocolate with Roquefort before. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm down
1: not. for any blue cheese at this time of year. So Roquefort, yeah. Stilton. Yeah. I will devour it.
3: I think that's a good texture pairing too mm-hmm. with the Oreo because the Oreo is even, it's like a little bittersweet or it's like, it's dry. Yeah. It's dry and it's, it's a little like smoky cocoa. It's mm-hmm. not yeah. like chocolate, you know? Yeah. And
4: I could I could um, justify a dessert wine, right? You would mm-hmm. eat that. You would drink Desert that wine. With or with, I, would, with I would dare go
1: champagne even, maybe. But mm. that's kind of, I might be crazy. Some sort
4: of sparkling too. But just the idea of a, like, it sounds pretty outrageous to put an Oreo with a, with it, such a, like, 100%. I mean, a rofer is one of the most incredible cheeses it's for me. Spicy. That's one of my desert island cheeses. I mean, I love. Is it rofer. really? Yeah, I lo- I go uh, banana. I'll get sick a, on rofer. I'll eat. I'll eat a whole wedge. Yeah, fresh. Yeah. Pe- I'll go. I'll eat that till I get sick. And uh, and I don't need necessarily an Oreo with it, but I will eat it until I, I say say mercy. <laughs> now, I'll cry mercy on that one. Yeah.
3: Kara, what's your desert island cheese? Oh shit. Um, you know, I what? don't mean to put you on. No, the spot. no,
1: no, no. I actually do know it, but it's <laughs> very simple. And I, I've told people this, and I, I feel like I'm letting some people down. But as oh. a Brooklyn girl, it's a it's a very fresh mozzarella cheese, and it's actually a particular spot, Caputo's
3: ah. on Court Street. Mm. They
1: have the best freaking mozzarella that mm. they hand make, and they leave it in water or they leave it in salted water all day. And I swear that is my drug. Yeah, easily I could die on that. I mean, but then yeah. you know, if I'm getting a little more sophisticated, yes, yeah, Delton or something like that. But like, yeah, yeah. mozzarella
4: cheese, like a warm, not. Yeah, like a warm piece. It, it has not yeah. it is
1: it is it is it has just been made. Yeah. You know, it's there's no in between. Yeah, like it it's is. just a fresh, delicious piece of cheese. Right, right. Yeah. So that's my that's my go-to.
3: <laughs> Very cool. How about you? I have to say comte. Oh wow! It's I just, like that. It never fails me. I, I imagine I like the young. Oh, okay, okay, I'm kidding yeah. then. Okay, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> it's it's um no. My re- reaction is just like surprise at myself. I always had like the more aged, mm-hmm. and then had a chance to go to France with Comte USA. Everybody better apply for that yeah the scholarship. scholarship every chance There's a you Conte get.
1: USA scholarship also yeah. they um were very kind to me for Thanksgiving I forgot to give this a shout out earlier they sent me a bottle of Cote de Rhone white wine and a piece of Conte cheese and it was a perfect pairing yes um they're they're very generous and and um always looking to educate about their PDO so big shout out to them for for working very hard with all of us to to make everyone more aware so your Conte is your That's your go-to.
3: Well, yeah. And so when I was over there, I had a chance to have a, a young Conte, like young, like six six months. Oh, wow. I was going uh, to say six months. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and really six months, not like six months and then on a boat, for a, month boat then, for a And then on a boat for a few months. Okay. Um, yeah. And <laughs> may even have been a bit younger. And then there was, you know, going through the different profiles and just the differences in the, in the flavor profile as it ages, I've just never been disappointed in a, in a well cared for piece of Comte. So um, yeah, totally. And I do think that's another trend that, it just came to me mm-hmm. is how these consortiums or organizations really support people in the cheese industry. They, so like the Conte unit USA people, Yep, they love to educate people. They will, they will keep you in their fold yep. um, and they keep widening the community. And the same thing with the Wisconsin cheese people. I know they're yep. doing a really great job at, at educating people about uh, Wisconsin cheese and sending cheese out and sending out materials and, um, it's just a really wonderful way, you know, we see more and more ways that people are taking upon themselves to educate each other.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. It's a great way to get educational sources on the cheeses that we all know and love. Yep. Um, was there anything else from any other, uh, listeners or was that, that's the one we, that's all we got. That's, that's what we're sticking with for now.
4: Well, there were, there were some other, uh, some other inputs, um uh, some notes we got about, um, wanting to, uh. You know, uh, understand how uh, BIPOC professionals who who are just starting versus, you know, getting into the industry. Sure. Some sure, pathways. You sure. know, we wanna always make sure we're uh, we're we're
1: being diverse ex- and giving people chances yeah, out there ex- for sure. And
4: explaining and, and emphasizing just ways in. For everybody and upward mobility um, within within all of our work and and let, uh, you know, uh, you know, just just invite everybody to 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 take part in that.
1: And I feel like the cheese industry, especially at the retail level and then the entry level of sales is looking for that already. So um, it's just a matter of time before it trickles up. And people keep pushing those doors down. It's like everything else in life. We're all evolving. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear. And, I mean, last week I had uh, the New Mexico Cheese Guild on talking about indigenous cheeses. And I think that was the first time we had ever even talked to people from a new region in the U.S. like that. Like the Southwest? My God. Mm -hmm. Well, New
3: Mexico as a state is one of the top milk producing states in the country, right. not for artisanal cheese, but for just milk But in, for yeah. milk, and I mean, in the top five, I think.
1: Yes. That was the stat that they gave us. So they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to build an added value product and creating a cheese guild there, which is one of the things we'll talk about in a little bit, but, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's cool to see where the world is going. So I'm glad someone wrote in about that because it's, uh, it's a good point, and we're all
4: listening. I think that's the cool part. Yeah, we're, that's the thing. It's, it's yeah. never been a better time, mm-hmm. and and we and there's work to be done, but yeah, ears are open.
3: Yes, it's exactly. well, and space has to be made, and right. you know, so and that's that's the the thing that we need to make sure is happening. That, it's not a fad.
1: No, no, it's no. not a fad. Yep.
3: Not a fad. Um, another thing i put out there but i'm not sure either one
1: of you came up with one was the pop culture cheese and pop culture yeah. bit I, I had to stretch it because i put the Shits creek moment yeah. from 2021 but i finally saw the meme this year so i was like this kind of counts where they're folding in the cheese um
4: yeah, it's a good spot but you know I, I
1: feel like i see cheese and pop culture all the time but then you know it's not like you're writing it down like oh there was cheese there for a moment so um I take it no one else had anything else, right? Can we? Or should we just move along into the next thing? I, I, was I
4: couldn't f- put my finger on anything. That was like from last year. There's things like yeah. you know, like Monty Python. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, like no, that, and that was not, uh, you
1: know. it's a stretch. All right, we'll yeah. do better next year, well, guys. Can we? The, I, I don't know, know if it's no, popular me culture, me anyway. but
3: like the this whole thing about smearing stuff on boards, like what? I, I, <laughs> <all> <laughs> there was butter, and then there was a cream cheese oh, boards, right, and there yes, were all those board, smearing things on boards, and sure, I feel like. Maybe that's gone now. Is TikTok a pop culture moment? Do we do we talk dare talk? I don't know anything about TikTok. I'm not. Yeah, a
4: I think I think. Sorry, guys. Absolutely, <laughs> it is, and I, I'm not in that. I'm not on that channel a lot at all. I don't, I don't have. I have <laughs> See, it just, look at us. We're yeah. bad. We need yeah, more information from but our I listeners. I think absolutely, it's there's there's it's there's some noise being made out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, there's certain things. I like. I mean, that's... The one that I don't really want to talk about, but I'll give a mention because I it came up in my research was girl dinner
0: no all this, all this i hate term. that we just, i hate that we'll just yeah. skip
1: over that one okay next so <laughs> yeah. so then the next thing is um i want to talk about achievements and awards and cheese and uh you know we had some interesting ones this year for me it was i think joe maybe you had it also was the acs or uh, jessica you too mentioned it to me that like there was all these cool smaller producers that won instead of like majorly giant cheese companies so mm-hmm. I felt like that was a nice moment. And then I also always just love ACS. So, um, but did you guys have a shout out for any one person, one cheesemaker that you really thought was, or anything else that would be uh, cool to mention? I mean, actually Alpinage, who was on the show in the last few years twice now, once with Jess, once with myself, um, is a new raclette cheesemaker out of Wisconsin, Orphe. Uh, big, again, congratulations to him for doing what he's doing. Uh, I He won an award this year. So like, there we go that's one. I have a moment. There it is.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 barely got to taste the, 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 first, second, third, uh, place winners. So, um, I just, I just take, like, take note on the styles and I see like, if that's, if that's an indication of, uh, of, of the category still being very strong and, and, and something that, that, you know, we want to have like Alpine style, an Alpine style, it was St. Saint, uh, Saint Malachi was an Alpine style oh, cheese. yeah, I love first. that cheese. So that so category good. is still strong. And then now we're, now we're, you know, there's plenty of, uh, uh, good examples of that cheese from the USA. Uh, second place was a Tome style cheese, Sequatchie Cove, right? Uh, that was a Cumberland, Um, and, uh, the third place was a Pleasant Ridge Reserve. Well, it was a three-way tie between three, mm-hmm. which is in unique also. So you kind of had like, uh, five cheeses, in the top finishers as opposed to three you had like two bonus cheeses um but pleasant ridge reserve uh was one of the uh, one of of the three third places a prairie tome sheep's milk cheese from green dirt farm out in western missouri uh and then you had a basket molded chev goat's milk cheese from pure luck dairy uh, out of texas and I, i i had not Tasted all of those at the ACS. It's hard to locate yeah. them. I was, you know, just I did the best I could, but I didn't get to eat them all. They had, uh,
3: no, I, they I sure wasn't able to attend ACS this year, but I was just amazed at the geography, the spread across the country of the winners. I mean, it, the different states that were represented.
4: Yeah, you have Pennsylvania, right? You have uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. you have Wisconsin, you have Missouri, mm-hmm. and you have Texas.
1: Yeah, that's a spread. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. You don't see New Jersey in there. What's, yeah. up? What's Joe, up what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, talk yeah. to the
3: pe- your people in Jersey. And talk some, to your Pen- cousin Frankie and Uncle
4: Louie. Yeah, yeah, cousin Frankie and Uncle Louie. <laughs> they're eating all the provolone. They, the Jesus. Yeah. But
3: so much cheese that we talked about today coming out of Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, we've talked we talked about Perrystead. Then yeah. we have, you know, the Farm at Doe Run with St. Malachi. We've got, we talked about... The Labne—that's also made in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. have Marion Park cheese and Aravan yogurt. Uh, so we have like new meccas, like or yeah. like the beginning of like new epicenters yeah. for the dairy industry and cheesemaking. Totally mispronouncing
4: cool. that word, Saint Malachi. I got to get that right. Is,
3: is that what? heavy? We don't, don't know. know, but you know but, what? Maybe we'll have them on the show, at some point yeah, on the show. to correct them
0: because <laughs>
1: I'm constantly mispronouncing stuff. And That's so just, it yeah, takes till it goes, you have territory. a good conversation to get that right. I feel like, uh, so we'll keep that as a teaser for next year too. Look, we got three now. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Way to go us. Um, So my next funsy topic is then what are we anticipating for next year in terms of, uh, I know, I guess we're talking, we talked about cheese trends for this year, but they kind of fall already into next year. But is there anything else that we're like, we super want to point out that we hope happens more next year? Um, You know, I I was talking about Cheese Guilds a moment ago and uh, Jess and I in a pre-chat really sparked a note about that, how we are hoping more cheese guilds happen and mm-hmm. that if people listen to that last episode I did, there's really a template there for uh, the cheese guilds of each state to really work on legislation um, and to, you know, um, build a better industry by working with their dairy farmers directly and helping them figure out what their needs are. Um, so anyway, I thought it yeah. was pretty freaking cool. Um, what do you guys got? Anything on your uh, side? Yeah,
4: Well, just in general, there's, I feel like the resources are there, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a weird example, but like, no, no weird examples. Look at Uber. Yes. Uber, it's your connected. We didn't manufacture a billion cars or a million cars, whatever, how many cars. Too many cars, Joe. We didn't didn't have to, we didn't have an (laughs) open call. It was just, there was already a need. The cars were there. The people who wanted to drive, we just connected it, right? Correct. So the resources, I believe, are there to do so many things. So collaborate, call, like, like for instance, if you want, like if you're a cheese shop, have a class, call your, call one of your vendors, have a fondue night. Like these things are, they're there for you. Right. So just, you know, just connect a few dots. You could probably charge admission. Totally. It just, it just win, win, win for everybody. Win, win for the producer that wants to tell their story. Win, win for your crowd. Win, win for the house. Yeah. Everybody wins. So. Connect some dots. Put a, a little bit of work will pay off in dividends. Mm-hmm. Much, may, I hope this is what the guilds are are, are gonna do. Like th- these maybe these things are in place. Just well, how can we connect it?
1: It's knowledge is power, man. It's the education. It's uh, spreading that out and like knowing that you have access to these people. Jesus, such a small universe.
4: Yeah. Like
1: all they have to do is look up the one thing, and you'll get an email like twenty four hour twenty four hours later. I feel like so. Yeah, just reach out to your producers. That's what I think what Joe is, is really saying. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think for me, the formation of guilds is a way to help fight the rising costs of doing business in farming and making cheese and selling cheese and having a cheese shop. And I think the only way, yeah, to get to be uh, successful is going to have to be strengthening your local and regional markets and food systems because it's just getting really, really expensive right. at, For to own land, buy land, you know, maintain equipment, pre, you know, just getting your cheese to a customer. Um, so, you know, strength in numbers and like sharing resources. Also at the same time, you know, I'm looking at how many independent cheese shops opened since COVID. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. It's been really <laughs> amazing. And I know we've lost, we've lost a bunch, but this yeah. is okay. Like,
1: it, yeah. It's because the pandemic pushed people out of the major cities that we now have these smaller regional areas really getting, not built up, but um, having these awesome independent stores. Yeah.
4: There's, there's an, it, the big, as as the biggers get bigger, there, it creates a vacuum where the smalls are needed. Yep. And
1: they're and community centers, it. right? Yeah. Like tea shops aren't just tea shops. They're
3: community centers. They're not, right. you know... Um,
4: And And they're really great places to collaborate. That's what we're talking about. Yeah.
3: And some of them have opened in some of the more expensive cities, more expensive cities. So like one just opened in Brooklyn a couple of months ago and, uh, or a second location. And that's the other thing is people are opening second locations there. Mm. And, uh, and that's, that's really interesting. And I also love how people are so transparent with their story that like the Antonelli's like mm-hmm. in opening this second location, they talk about how they had a second location at one time and and like their journey to get to this point. And think about websites. I think this is a this is a big thing to look forward to. More and more retail websites and um, producer websites are really sources of education and history and become like encyclopedias of cheese. They're so great. I know I from when I do a class, I have my go-tos of like across the country and across the global of like, they're like, you know, everything I would want to know about cheese, I can just like look on some of these um, e-commerce and retailers and and you get their take on it too which is really great
1: that's true i guess all of that has improved a lot since when we were all kind of starting like the, the copy is not just like garbage from some random source like right. maybe now the producers have put more time and effort into the websites because they had to sell cheese during the pandemic mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they just were all modernizing and now we have better yeah. websites mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i want to yeah. give
3: a shout out to um jessica senate and the Cheese Grotto. I just went on her website recently, which makes a great Christmas gift for people. What, what, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm. She's not paying me to say that. I'm just thinking about how we can uplift everyone, right. everyone, not just yeah. cheese, but the tools as well. Sure. Um, but her website is really full of so much great information. And if you're just selling like one product, but there's so much you can. Provide um, that gives context into a this industry. Garado, the little
4: cheese garage. Yeah, yeah. You your little. You i should tell for the, the listeners sure. that, Yeah. yeah. Right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, a little, uh, little countertop. For your countertop. <laughs> it's an affinage.
1: It protects your cheese from drying out. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a
3: little, a little countertop uh, cheese cave. Yeah. And um, but there's so many out there. Cool it's just so, it's so cool. It's so cool. So much information up there.
1: I don't have much else. Then I think we've really covered a lot. Is there any last thoughts for the listeners that you guys want to talk about before we we say sayonara for uh, the 2023.
3: Well, I do want people to know that sometimes our episodes are created because like the episode you just did kara about the tea shop in New Mexico, it's because people let us know. Right? And so I just like if people have cool things that are happening that they want to like tip us onto, totally. I would love to hear it. Like episodes are out there waiting to be created.
1: Absolutely. I think, uh, the best way to get to us, by the way, in case you never make it to an end of an episode is, uh, Instagram us direct message us at cutting the curd. We look at that all the time. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Joe, how about you? Um, any, any last words?
4: I think just eat more fondue would cover a lot of things. Eat more fondue. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. What, what
1: is your ratio to be, Yeah. What are your cheeses and, and more are your cheeses, not the ratio so much mm-hmm. more. What are the cheeses? That you're good because you're a Swiss man. Yeah. So you live and breathe the Swiss life. I
4: lean Swiss on the. But you.
1: But I'm saying so. Then you got to tell me what is it.
4: So it's always 25 percent Emmentaler. Oh yeah. Right, and then the 75 percent could be a mix of, um, usually there's a Gruyere Mm -hmm. involved. Le Gruyere. Le Gruyere AOP.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. I I want that.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got to hear it. Le Gruyere AOP. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you know one of our specialties maybe could be, you know, uh, one of our other mountain cheeses. Be yush could be could be Hornbacher, Rock Flower. It's kind
1: of what's in your fridge. Yeah, yeah. It's Basically. just what I'm sitting on. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and then uh, <laughs> okay.
4: yeah, you know, and then I'll mix between young and and super flavorful because if you mm-hmm. go. Too much one way or the other, and then the balance isn't there. And then, is it is it a white wine or a kirsch you throw in, or both? I so, uh, white wine is in the beginning. Ah, okay. uh, you know, typically, um, I've done it with uh, a dry pear cider or a dry apple cider. Also works great. Very cool. And in the end, I like do I do like finishing it with, with a kirsch that's from uh, Alsace or from uh, the Black Forest. You know, cool. uh, you know, a real kirsch, not the stuff I did shots with in college. Yeah, please but, don't do that. You know, not that stuff. <laughs> like real. I
1: think that would make everyone's like. Ugh.
4: No, yeah just no at the end <laughs> yeah uh, and then and then in between uh a little lemon juice helps
1: okay ah. um
4: it's uh, i think it enhances the flavor but also shortens shortens the protein and you get less of a stringy pulp but there's
1: so much chemistry in this yeah, and, little, I, and I know no one yeah. thinks about well the people do they obsess about it i'm sure actually
4: yeah.
3: but uh more chemistry in 2024 yeah. oh really i i would like to know more
4: on the more science technicals? of cheese yeah okay
3: yeah 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 sure why
4: not? I mean, why not? And, and let's see how that
3: goes. <laughs> oh, you know, there are a lot of people out there. A lot of we have listeners who have huge um, platforms on, on Facebook or YouTube who are running like groups up for home cheesemakers. I think that's another trend. Like a lot of people are making cheese at home.
1: Really? Mm. Yeah. And we dare really do growing. that. That's so funny. But
3: it's a lot of chemistry and like you know. The science of how to do this and why did my cheese you know, it's almost like Reddit threads, like oh, oh, I made this cheese at home and it came out like this. What do I do? And crowdsourcing for solutions. But I'd love to understand that more. So much madness. Yeah. Well, if you
1: want to join the madness, Jessica. Oh,
3: yeah. I, I have I have some thoughts. Okay. I have some people in mind okay. that I yeah. So hopefully more oh more God. cheese science in twenty twenty
1: four. Okay. You heard it. Here from Jessica. I will All not right. be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only like to do fun stuff. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Anyway. All right, guys. I think this was a great thank you, Joe, yeah. for coming up. First of all, Joe, applaud for Joe for being our host now, our newest oh, host and officially you. on now. And Jessica for it's supporting me on. all the time because she's really doing that for me. And then uh, now I'm going to do the outro if yeah. that's okay yeah, by yeah, you guys. Yeah. Let's Fearless let's say later. goodbye. I know it's uh, I, I've had such a good year. So um, please follow us at Cutting the Curd and HRN at Heritage Radio or Heritage underscore Radio. And please listen, subscribe to Cutting the Curd wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, don't forget to give us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcast because it matters. It helps us so much. Happy holidays and eat more cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.